We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello, beautiful human. Thanks for letting us into your ears today. Sam Smith is here. I'm so excited. We're going to talk all about Gloria. I want to talk about life. I want to talk about love. I want to talk about, uh, you know, their, their upbringing. They went to Catholic school. I had no idea. Plus, they're a queer icon, and that comes with a bunch of responsibilities. We're going to talk all about it. I'm just really excited that you're here, too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for picking us, allowing us into your ears. Today's interview being delivered to you by GoPuff. If you need something delivered, get it. GoPuff to you. Because I'm telling you, they're the best out there. Whatever you need from home goods, electronics, booze, snacks, GoPuff has you covered. Really, whatever your heart desires, delivered pretty much instantly to your door, to your studio, or they'll meet you on a street corner. It doesn't matter. Wherever you are, they'll get it to you. Because that's what GoPuff does. Try out GoPuff, and when you're at checkout, use my code ZAC10 when you're checking out. And you'll save $10 off your first two orders. That is ZAC10. Use it. And you'll save 10 bucks off your first two orders. Okay, Sam Smith, here we go. That's Sam Smith. And you look stunning. <laughs> you look absolutely stunning. Thank you, babe. So do you. It's so nice to see you in person. It's, it is weird, right? I mean, well, to see me anywhere is alarming and jarring for most people. But uh, to see you in no the flesh way. is really a welcome sight. Thank you for being here. Same here. You're beautiful. Well, thanks. You have an incredible album that, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, like, this album seems like so incredibly personal I don't want to say it's more personal than any other album we put out there because those have been incredibly personal, but you've also written from other people's vantage points prior to this body of work. Did you apply that same strategy here or was this an album purely written from your reality? No, it was definitely written from other people's too. Um, unholy was that. Like, it's weird how unholy and we only, me and my team only realized this after Unholy came out. But Unholy is very linked to like, I'm not the only one, which was a song about a married couple um, from the perspective of the woman in the relationship. And then Unholy is a commentary on, on, uh, on a straight marriage too. Um, but it's like chapter two, in a way, from a different angle. It's from, it's from the perspective of, of the person at the body shop and the gay best friend. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so it's so it's um it's interesting. Yeah, I I love doing that. I've but I only step into stories from uh, and try and like write songs from other perspectives of of things that genuinely have moved me, you know, and have hurt me or made me feel things. Are you hearing somebody's story in the case of Unholy? And do you know that the two songs could be connected? But you don't know until after they're made, right? Yeah, after it was when we were doing the video. I was like, this just feels like we've been here before, but in a different way. And we it was with I'm not the only one. But unholy, I'm not the ones about a real thing. Unholy is about a real person, a real situation in my life. Really? Yeah. What? Are you surprised that that song is the hit that it is today because of the message that's being depicted? And correct me if I'm wrong. You've said it. It's about a man who is presenting as straight and has a family and everything, but has somebody on the back burner who's really taking their love and 
Well, time. it's not really about him. It's more about me having to hear his shit all the time. And it's about like me not being like, I don't like being part of people's secrets in that way. So that's what it is. It's about being part of a secret that you don't want to be part of. And it's as much as it's about a person in my life, it's also about, I, th I feel like a lot of people can relate to it. But I think the most important thing about unholy is yes, it's, it, it's, it's quite a serious subject, but I'm trying to have fun with it. I'm trying to like have a laugh and, um, you know, I think that there's a, qu a queer rhetoric in that because that's what we do as, as queer people and within our community, we we turn really intense, hard things into something, into light. something light and funny and shady. <laughs> there's pain in that though. Yes, yeah, of course, yeah. What is it about harboring somebody's secrets that you just can't handle? Um, it hurts me to, when I know that someone's doing something that could hurt someone else or someone's lying and then you've got to, you're part of that lie. You know, I don't, I don't like that. I'm, I'm, I'm very much, um, I mean, I tell the white lie here and there and I fib, but I, I like, I'd be the worst at cheating because it, it would kill, it would, it would eat me alive. Do you feel like, you, I mean, I, I really would. I also feel like you respect relationships and the sanctity of a relationship. So the thought of you yeah, cheating is... I do, but I also believe that, I also understand that people are human. Do you know what I mean? But I'm just, I'm like, a, people, like, I am like an open wound as a person. I'm like, I wear my heart on my sleeve and some. Like, I'm very open and emotional. Hard. Yeah, yeah, very hard. But, so writing a song about a secret, is does that help you box that secret up and put sort away? Like what, what, what part of the, the song creation process, like how does that connect? Like, what does that mean to you? Well, I mean, before I wrote that song, I was just feeling a bit angry. I'd be hearing a certain person speaking about certain things and I was, I was just annoyed. I was annoyed at them and I had to get it off my chest and that, and unholy just happened. It just happened. I, I don't know how it, it, it it's, it's it's a beautiful thing with writing music that you hear so many incredible artists talk about, but it is that feeling where you feel like it comes through you and it's not something, you know, some of the best ideas and the best moments, it's like you're not even there for it. It's Can you weird. look back at your discography and make that active, yeah, like, course. conscious connection? Totally. Totally. I feel like it always happens with writing music to some extent, but there's times when songs just form in front of you and... and, and you listen back and you're like, where did that come from? Well, somebody like Chris Martin has told me that like, they really believe that it's a higher power. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it, guys from BTS would say the same exact thing. Like it's a universe. It's like something, it, it's something so much bigger than anyone. Yeah, totally. Else. Maybe I've called it Gloria. <laughs> <laughs> Who and what is Gloria? Gloria is a range of things. I mean, Gloria is a, is a, is a word that has a heaviness um, in my life and a lightness. It's, I think my first memory of hearing it was in it, on a hymn in school, because I went to Catholic school till I was 18. Um, Gloria and Excelsis Deus. But then I'd go to gay bars and hear the Laura Branigan Gloria disco song. And then you've got Gloria Estefan and Gloria Gaynor. And, and, and so the word has just has so many meanings to me, but all of the meanings are huge and big and, and, and powerful and gold. <laughs> so I, that I felt like that was an energy that I was trying to harness in my music. It was a, a feminine, uh, 
voice i think it's my mum's voice my all the women in my life you know have really they've been the voices i've listened to most throughout my life but especially the last few years and in, in my time of transition and change and coming out of my 20s what is it like to play this album for your mom oh she loves it yeah she absolutely loves it but also it's um this is a weird record because i've played it to people and all my old other songs other albums i've been so paranoid about what people think and I really just haven't cared what people think too much with this album what changes because I life? love it and I genuinely love it and there's nothing that will ever change that it, is this a new set of feelings to kind of set art against yeah yeah I think that I've I think I've I, I spent a lot of time uh, just caring so much what people th uh, thought and I think that affected the the process of making music. And I just, I think it was definitely during that time, those years of COVID being at home and, and thinking, you know, what is my purpose here? Like, what am I here to do? And I know that I love to create and it's not just music, it's visuals. It's, it's, um, it's, it's storytelling, but in, in, in all sorts of ways, you know, I love storytelling. I love modeling. Like it's, it's weird. Like all the photo shoots I've have to had to do as a kid with, with the job has made me fall in love with actually modeling and telling stories through photography and stuff like that. So I think it's just about opening this, the, my, my art world up and just knowing that I can do anything, I can sing anything, I can be anything. But is that confidence that comes with age? Is it confidence that comes with security in life and finances? Is it security knowing that you've already accomplished X, X and X and who gives a fuck what is next? As long as I you're think, happy? I think it's just, I think it's confidence that comes with, t it's 10 years I've been releasing music yeah. and my first album was successful and it's wonderful and all my records have been wonderfully successful but there's in terms of business and pop culture and all these things there's been this up and down and I feel like I've done a lot of up and down and um and I know what what's important now you know for sure how, how do you define success today um I define success with um creating a piece of art that disturbs in some way and you've done that with Gloria I feel like I did that with the, with 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 the album, yeah. <laughs> what, is that a goal that you set before you start making it? No, no, not at all. But I think it's that's art for me. I remember Madonna saying it, like artists are here to serve the piece. And I think that I've always wanted to do that. Even, even with my first album, that was always a, an intention of mine. I want to strike a nerve. I want to move people. I want to um, take people on a journey on stage, you know. Is it scary to do that sometimes? Oh, petrifying the whole time. It's never not scary. Even at this uh, 10 years under your belt? Yeah, I mean, I've learned how to breathe now, which is fantastic. But it was before I didn't know how to breathe. So I, would, I was like on stage, like not breathing, which made things really difficult. But now I, as I've got older, I'm learning how to like control my breath. And once I'm able to do that, I can really perform properly um, and calmly now, which is good. You're moving in your performances more than you ever have. Mm, yeah. Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah totally. Like no. The choreography's crazy. Yeah. The outfits are insane. Yeah. You are disturbing the piece right now. I think I move, I feel safe to move. I think that my, I think, you know, I've spoken about this a lot the last few weeks and I think that um, as a queer person in the, in the music industry and in music and 
I was 21 years old on stage in front of a lot of people and to I was always authentic but to fully move my body the way that I did in in nightclubs or with my friends and family and loved ones like to do that in front of that many people it didn't feel safe to do and um and I think that as I've got older um I've stepped into my queerness and my body and the way I move and I'm now willing to share that with everyone who we love a record with Ed Sheeran how does that happen do you meet with Ed first do you write something and then send it to him where does that come from um it was like normally with all, everything I write or do I'm there from the beginning the beginnings and um I we you know I write something from scratch and um I know me and Ed have been friends for a long time and um he sent me a song and I before I even heard the song I remember thinking like this is weird for me like to be sent a song and then listen to it and it wasn't a full record it was it was the verse and the chorus and stuff and he sent it to me and as soon as I heard it I just it was just incredible and moved my heart and I felt like he had personally done it for me and we, me and Jimmy got in the studio and we wrote the second verse and we wrote a bit the bridge and then we started sharing out the song um, in the, in a beautiful way and and it was just a, an incredible experience and I'm I'm very thankful and will be eternally thankful to Ed for being a friend to me in this industry um, and he was one of one in that sense I didn't have many friends and I was twenty years old and I was queer and confused and I and I was trying to deal with fame and he was always this really calm um hopeful voice and and always has been to me so to share music with him and, and sing with him was 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 really special and to share this album yeah but also a record that can take on a different meaning to everybody totally totally because it is true like there is you really can't help who you love no no matter how hard you try no, you can't. Because uh, love's a weird thing, isn't oh, it? Oh, it's so fucked. It just comes in and just bulldozes over anything and everything. Takes over your life, yeah. makes you blind, makes you stupid, makes you dumb. Mm -hmm. and then you wake up and then half your money's gone. And then it's like, <laughs> oh shit. Um, That's why you've got to love yourself, right? To recognize what love looks like when it comes around the corner. Which is kind of where the album starts now. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, but that's... Do you really believe that, that you need to love yourself before you have the ability to love somebody else? A hundred percent, yeah. Do you think you can learn new things about yourself by loving someone else? Oh, hundred, of course, yeah. And I think that, I think that people really, this whole self-love conversation, it, it sounds all the time like it's, a, like it's a destination you get to. You know, you work really hard for two years and then suddenly I love myself and forever it's journey. all okay forever. It's not. It's, it's a daily practice and um, most days you'll come up short. And that's why having someone around to help you do it is wonderful because you need as much love as you can get. Did you set any expectations or goals for this body of work or did you really go in blank slate and it just presented itself just from getting into the studio? I had intentions. I wanted to make a, a pop album that was a collage of pop songs. I wanted it to be all different genres. Um, I wanted each song to harness inspiration from my pop icons in my life that I've always loved. But I was very, very passionate about every song being like a three-minute pop record. Mm. I wanted it to be very 
tight and precise and um and like each song was a bit of a smack around the face with in different tones and then and i and the big thing with this album was that i didn't want one song on it that i didn't a hundred percent love like fully love was the lack of ballads intentional the lack of ballads yes a hundred percent yeah you, you smile when i when i bring that up yeah like, yeah you, no because it was because i feel like I feel like everyone's been telling me to do bops for so long and I'm like, fine, <laughs> here's just loads of bops and no ballads. <laughs> like, but I've also, I've wrote, I wrote so much music for this album. I write songs? over a hundred and really? I write so many songs for every album and there's, there's so many different avenues this album could have gone in, avenues that I will explore in my next albums. And um, so I, I do think it was important that I wanted to, I wanted to almost overdo it with the pop on this record so that the next thing I do feels even more mighty and different. The hurting interlude. Why is that vital to the story you're telling? Um, it was a, it was a beautiful quote that I found, um, when I was looking up old footage of like the first ever pride in New York and, um, it just struck a chord with me, but, and it comes before a song called lose you and lose you is, um, it's about a friend of mine who had one of, it's like a, she had a, a, a breakup with her girlfriend and I, those first few queer breakups for people, like I know all everyone, like whether you're queer or not, heartbreaks are shit. But I do feel like as a queer person, your first heartbreak is really hard because it normally happens a little bit later in your life because you don't experience these things in school. And so you're a bit older and you're wiser in some ways, but then you're also you're feeling weird because your everything feels like it's falling apart yeah. um, and you're an adult. So it can be very scary. I feel it. And I think that that's that quote struck a chord with me. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. So, Lily Vincennes is her name, you know, a lesbian activist, sets the tone, but also really captures the story that you're trying to tell. Mm. Is he, correct me if I'm wrong, did the last album have little pieces like that? Is I started to use little audio moments in To Die For. I had Donnie, Donnie Darko um, uh, quote in it, which Jake Gyllenhaal actually recorded for us, which was so sweet. The, my God, that's how you get out of having to like pay the movie. It was amazing. Yeah, was that's so, He was wonderful and he was great and, and helped out. And then, um, and there was a few things here and there that I'll use more, but it's only, it's only when I really want to and it makes sense and it, and it means something. So with the record like Lose You, you're writing from somebody else's perspective, but it really is your own perspective at the same time, but it is yeah. somebody else's story as a catalyst. Yeah, it's it's a subject. It, it's someone else's experience that has triggered something in me to be like, oh God, I remember how that felt. I, or or I can only imagine how that feels sometimes, you know? Totally. So how do you know the album's done? Um, that's where I have to rely on the, the, the village around me. Like... I had this album I had an amazing man called David Odlum who who works on my records and he works on my live show and I gave him that responsibility 
I said, you have to tell me when it's done because in the past I could tweak so far that you could ruin things. So I just needed him to say, I, in my opinion, it's done and I trust his opinion. Why do you trust him? Um, I trust him because he's like, he's like a Buddha in my life. <laughs> he's like, he is such a positive influence and I've never met anyone who loves music as much as him. He's the person who loves music more than anyone I have ever known. That's special. Yeah, he's amazing. You can be vulnerable. Yeah. Fuck up. Yeah. Can oh, they tell you? Yeah, yeah. He loves it. <laughs> he loves it when there's a, there's a, when I fuck up. He thinks that's the most beautiful part. How do you know when a song is done? Um, again, you just have this moment where you let it go with, with the people in the room. And you just all come to an agreement. Calvin Harris is a consistent collaborator. Promises was your first collaboration, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fucking great record. Thank you. Two records with Calvin Harris on this album, right? No, just the, um, Promises from the last one and I'm Not Here to Make Friends. So what is that process like? Does it start with you writing the record and then sending it to him? No, the first the first Promises was in the room all together. Got it. And then I'm Not Here to Make Friends. I began the song a little bit with Jesse and then and and the Stargate guys and then we sent it to Calvin and then he took it and he and he changed it and was incredible. What did he add to it? He just added him and and some more and just brought it to life, changed changed a lot of the musicality, um gave it this wash of of um of 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 dance history to it. It's a fucking smash. I love it. It's so good. And by the way, like, again, another universal, universally understood feeling that so many people can relate to, but also very something that is specifically queer. Mm. You know, this idea of like really going out and not looking <laughs> to fucking make friends and getting down to business. It's true. I've never thought about it like that. It's true. Uh, I mean, saying that, I, like I say this, but all I've ever wanted was queer friends. Oh my God. Yeah, like that's all I ever all, wanted. Now I don't want to, no, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> Come on. No, I have no more room for more fucking friends. Uh, no, it's true. I mean, I, that song came from a date in LA actually. And I went on a date and the guy, um, you can just tell when someone's not there to like get down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, he... <laughs> And so I had to sit through this day and I was oh, like, oh my God, you've wasted my life. You've wasted hours of my life. But I, would, I was, it was, I'm always polite and nice. So I, I sat through the day and then went to bed and then woke up the next morning with a little hangover that I didn't want. And then I got in the studio with Jesse and literally I, I just said that I, I do not, I'm not, I, I didn't come to make friends on this day. And then the song happened. What is it about Jesse Reyes that makes you feel safe? And vulnerable enough to share those stories in a hungover state. Um, it's Jesse. Jesse is a is a is one of one. Um, there's only one energy like Jesse's, and she is incredibly deep and thoughtful and um, trustworthy. Um, she's respectful though, and she is got this talent that is bigger than life. Um, but you wouldn't know. You would never know until she opens her mouth and sings and and speaks and and creates. She's amazing and she's created a safe space for me in the studio. And the first day we met was with Calvin doing Promises. And um, I don't know, the studio was... I've, I've had fun in studios before, of course, but she brought a different energy. It was like, it was like being with 
an old friend from school and dancing around and I didn't want to leave the studio at any point when I'm with her. I'm assuming there's been sessions where you've just wanted to get the oh fuck god, out. Oh god, yeah, oh my god, this, I've had the worst sessions. <laughs> any sessions I've to had make the this worst album? Sessions. No, 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 no. Because I mean, you're at a point where you curate. I'm in a wonderful position. I'm yeah. on my fourth record, and I, I've there's these beautiful relationships that I've made, and there's new relationships on the record, but they've they they come from friends of friends, and mm. I now can also I've got the confidence now to stand up and say I'm not enjoying this if I'm not enjoying it. Yeah, so you you won't enter a session feeling like you need to churn out a song. No, no, not at all. Now I go to a session, and if I if I if if, if we all want to leave the studio and go get lunch and then have a few drinks and then go and party and go out. Sick. Let's do it. Yeah. Because I think time outside the studio is sometimes more important than time in the studio. Oh, yeah. Because when you're in the studio, you're writing about what's outside those doors. So you have to go out and live it and, and, and be a, a voyeur and, and, and you have to, it's important. What'd you learn about yourself from making this album? Um, I learned that I have an ear, more of an ear for production than I thought I did. I, I was always in this mind of stay in my lane. You're a singer. Don't, don't jump out of that. And I'm not like, I can't work a computer. I don't really have a computer. So I'm never going to be technical in that sense, but I am technical in the way that I see things and hear things. And I, I, do, I think I do have good ideas and I have a very strong, I didn't realize that I had such a strong sense of what's, what should, should, what's right and wrong with things. Like I'm, I'm, I can just hear when something's not right. And I've trust myself in this process to push it and push it and push it. And the more that I've trusted that the songs have become great. Isn't that special? It's wonderful. It's wonderful, but it's down. There's, there's key people in this album that have brought me to that. Ilya is one of them. Um, well, from Max Martin? Yeah. Ilya. Oh my God. He's so amazing. He's just incredible. And he's really made, he, he's built me up and, oh. and makes me feel like I'm more than just a voice in the room, just a singer in the room. And, and I'm a writer <laughs> and I, I can vocal produce and I can, and I can help with the production and, 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 and it, I'm a visual artist, all these things. Same. He sees me as an artist. This shouldn't be a, a surprise to you. I know, but it's, but I was, I don't know. I was, I, I've, for a long time, it was just like, just sing. <laughs> Does, is a part of you a little disappointed that you didn't tap into this side a little bit sooner or does it come at the right time? Oh, it totally comes at the right time. It's the perfect time. I've, um, I think if it came sooner, I wouldn't have known how to, do it and I think I've done everything in the right way I have no regrets and like I look at past careers of certain artists and they they hit their stride in their 30s and I think that's a beautiful thing I I've, I'm not scared of age I I think that the older you get, the more incredible your music will become and the more incredible I just think that the world is ages so I think that I've changed the way I look at that. But what changes? What do you mean? Yeah, like, like what, what, what sparks that change in perspective? Perspective. I don't know, hitting 30. I mean, the, when I was 29, I was really scared about turning 30. And then I turned 30 and I was like, this is mad. Like, whatever's made me feel that way is not right. Like, I'm... Society. Yeah, it's it's just silly. Like, and I've, I've luckily, like, I have all my, fr a lot of my friends are older than me. Um, 
my mum and dad made it a real thing with me and my sisters when we were younger just to constantly be around dinner tables chatting to people and like I, I think getting older is an honour and I plan to grow old like a like a wine or a cheese <laughs> like a blue cheese <laughs> you'll make mold look real good um, so fascinating because I'm turning 30 in May and it is stressful because the one thing you really don't control is time, right? Yeah. And the most valuable substance in our world is time. It's nothing else. It's time. Because mm. um, it's the one thing you really can't get back, no matter how hard you try. And but you wouldn't want it back. That's true. Don't, don't, I don't that's think true. you should try to want it back. Like there's, there's today, there's tomorrow. There's, there's so much more time. Opportunity exists. Yeah. Always. It's literally right in front of you. Yeah. Um, no God. Are you talking to yourself in that record? Or are you, Talking to yourself about another person? I'm talking about another person. I'm talking about people that have God complexes in this world and people who... So not somebody you put on a pedestal, but somebody who believes that they're a God. Yeah, who thinks... That, yeah, yeah, basically that. That's a fucked person. That's a fucked person. There's many, though. What is the quali What qualities does somebody exude? I think a, a megalomaniac. Okay. Um, narcissist. Mm. Um... An unintelligent person How who long thinks they're intelligent. Jesus Christ. One of the most dangerous people in the world, I think. Yeah. How'd they get into your life? I mean, they're all around. They're on the news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that, that, that song was written at a time when I was watching the news a lot. And I, what was being told on the news just, just was moving me. And it's definitely a, a, a queer rhetoric, you know? Like, who are you to say that I don't exist? We don't exist. You know, this album should be consumed top to bottom. Yes. Yeah. Well, yes, but also it's 2023. <laughs> like eat it as you dip, wish. Dip and dip out. Like Gloria, the production on that and the vocal production really intricate. What was it like being in that room with all those vocalists? It was insane. It was in the church near where I grew up. That's fucking cool. And I went, it was like a homecoming and um, I watched everyone. I was crying, just sitting there upset because it was just so moving um, but really healing. It's a positive song. Um, and it reminds me of the hymns I sang in school, but the lyrics feel like they could have actually spoken to me more. Are you happy you went to Catholic school? I mean, I don't know what, I, I don't know what another school would have been like. I mean, I hated school full stop. <sighs> like any school would have been tough. You know, I, I, I was, I was them. And but you had to keep a uniform, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, I had to wear my uniform. I, even though I pushed it, I, I, I nearly got, I got detentions all the time because I'd be wearing like huge flowers and diamond glasses, fake diamond glasses and lipstick and loads of makeup all the time. So I was always trying to push it um, in school. But yeah, I just, like later, later in school, from like 16 onwards, I enjoyed because I was like, I'm older now, like I'm out of that. But the first few years, it was like, oh, it's hard. That's rough. And it's a really intense structure that they put around you with intense values. And, uh, and at the same time, you got chemicals flooding around your body. And, oh my God, it's crazy. Yeah, hormones at the same time as your tests are quite intense. Yeah, I'm being abused by a nun while I'm going, oh like, experiencing God, no. fucking sweat for the first time. No, it's the worst. Yeah, it's fucking terrible. That was hell, but I wouldn't change it for the world. No, we have to go through it, don't we? No, that's it. Catholic school is a very unique experience, and not everybody gets to go through. 
No, and there was as much as it's the same as anything, right? There's sides that are tough, but there's sides that are beautiful as well. I found, uh, you know, I found some weird safety in a church, but also realized that like it's not that great of a place, you know? Yeah. Gloria. Gloria. That is the album. Uh, listen to it. All of Sam's music is available on Amazon Music. Yes, yes. Is this your proudest body of work? 100% always. Are you saying that just because it's your most recent? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't release it if I didn't think it was better than all that, all the other shit. Why is this rollout different than every other rollout you've ever done? Oh, because I'm just wearing more fabulous clothes. Fashion matters to you. Oh, it does. I mean, I've, I've always loved fashion. Even, I mean, I don't think it looked like I loved fashion at the beginning of my career. But even, <laughs> but even me with the quiff and the suit, that's something I created, you know. Like, I love how clothes uh, create a character. And it's truly what RuPaul says, right? He says, you're born naked and the rest is drag. Like, it is genuinely the truth. We all create our own personas. You also wear your flaws like jewelry now. Oh, I do, yeah, now. Yeah? For sure. Where? Oh, they're deep under here. Yeah. <laughs> under the denim. <laughs> Sam Smith, you're incredibly special. You are special. Why should somebody try out your album right now? You should try my album because um, we all need a bit more glitter and gold in our lives. And just things are just so boring sometimes. True. Get a bit gay. Have a good old time. Dude, gay is fun. Have a gay old time. Everyone's gay. <laughs> Everyone is a little gay. <laughs> Please listen to Gloria. We're going to put a link in the description below. Uh, let me just look at my notes here, make sure I got everything. Oh my God, how to cry is so beautiful. All the feelings you don't show are all the reasons to let go. I'm happy you like that song. So beautiful. Thank you. I, I, and it's weird. I, I identified on both sides of that. As somebody who holds in so much, but also somebody who deals with somebody who is holding in so much, looking to communicate, but really just doesn't um so yeah really beautiful you strike me as someone who's very open and I try to be no you're, you're you really don't need to be hard on yourself because you're like you're like near perfect that's, it's true it's really i mean but you talk about perfection on yeah. this album yeah. is perfection actually real of course not it doesn't exist it's always moving it's a moving target yeah it doesn't exist i think it's nice to strive to be cute <laughs> but cute is not perfect. But cute is not perfect, and we don't want perfect. We want rough around the edges. We want we want character. We want vulgar. <laughs> yeah. we, want, we want texture. <laughs> we do. We need it. No, how to cry is absolutely beautiful. Thank you. And uh, oh yeah, well, hold on. Six shots. What is the audio on the top of that record? What do you mean? There's like um, uh, the song Six Shots. There's like, there's something, you're, it's like somebody speaking or. Oh, that's Matt's me and my BVs in the studio recording. God. We all just, we all actually had a shot. Oh, fuck. Well, we had a few shots. What do you drink? Well, it was whiskey. A what? Yeah, we were just drinking whiskey. That's incredibly manly. And that's, who you can hear on there is Vula, who's one of the best singers in the UK. Sure. And um, she's her and LaDonna and we're just having a laugh. Casual. Yeah. God, listen to the album. You really get a story out of it. Gloria, that is its name. All of Sam's discography available on Amazon Music. I thank you so much for giving us time thank and energy. You. Thank you for doing this. Really, love and appreciate you. Love and appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Sam. Thank you, bro. Hello, beautiful human. You made it through our conversation with Sam Smith. Thank you. Now, please subscribe to our podcast, share with those you care about. And uh, yeah, thanks for being here. Big thanks to Sam. Big thanks to GoPuff. And again, a big thanks to you. And be safe. Hug your family if you can. Remind them that you love them. 
Just be safe. Don't go to jail. Have a great day. And I'll talk to you soon, okay? By the way, today's episode is made possible by a few incredible humans, including our executive producers, Michael D. Ratner, Scott Ratner, Dylan Martyr, Dan Zola, Joshua Rusak, and Olivia Rodensky. Our senior director, Toby Lawless. Our associate producers, Eve Bishop and Claudia Villarreal. Our music is by James Asciutto. Our editor is Camera Carlos Gomez. Our sound mixer is Daniel Chavez-Crook. Our post-production manager is Caroline Rude. And I'm your host and executive producer, Zach Sang. Thanks for hanging out with us today. I'll talk to you real soon.